episode 67 with David Smith on the Nine Point Start the Dream podcast. Welcome to Nine Point Started with a Dream podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, always, Jacoby Gillum. This episode, we have Olympian and pro volleyball player David Smith. And David was born deaf and in both ears. You know, and I hope his story not only inspires you, but gives you that jump start to go keep chasing your dreams. You know, because a lot of us, you know, like me and myself included, we we have the clutch, you know, that we, we kind of hold on to that stops us from going after things. You know, whether someone's telling us we're not strong enough, we're not fast enough, you know, all these different things that hold us back because we put a limit on ourselves. So I hope David's story and, and the journey that he's on, you know, the way the way it started out to just taking it day by day and just knowing what 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 he can what he can control. So hope you enjoy this episode, hope you get a lot of value from it and, and it's fire. So hope you enjoy and let's get to it. David, the question that everyone that comes on is when you're younger as an athlete, what's one of your bigger dreams the goals you want to achieve? Oh, the goals that I want to achieve. I, mean, I think my goals kind of evolved over time. I mean, I think when I originally started um, yeah, when I originally started, it was just I was a sports kid growing up. I played everything I could get my hands on. Um, I don't really think I ever thought that long term. Um, obviously, like, if you look where I'm at now and everything that I've been able to do with my volleyball career, if you told me that when I was younger, um, it wouldn't make sense, you know. Just, uh, But having been able to have, you know, hindsight and look back and see the journey that I've come on, like, it makes sense, you know, just the story. But shoot yeah when I was young I just wanted to play I just wanted to get out there I think for me uh being a hard of hearing person sports was a way for me to kind of be normal you know because it was something that like I didn't have to rely so much on my hearing um because my hearing's not good you know like in classroom settings it was obvious you know in social settings in uh group chats you know when you're around a big table and everybody's talking like that's really a difficult situation for me you know difficult for me to attract those kind of conversations and so I always it always felt like I was like it just felt like I was more deaf and more hard of hearing in those situations and so for me to be able to run around on a soccer field like you don't really need to talk to anybody you know you know, run around on a basketball court or you know be on a baseball diamond with your buddies you know like you just like for me I was a very natural athlete growing up and so it was just like just take care of what you're supposed to do and then like nobody really thinks about it anymore so I think for me in the beginning sports was just a way to be normal you know um and so as far as like volleyball you know obviously that's kind of where my life's gone the last 15 more than that or 15 years about um you know I didn't start until I was 14 years old and that's the last sport I picked up you know I was playing soccer from when I was five till I was 18 years old I was playing basketball and baseball and I ran track and field one year, um, so I, I did everything I could get my hands on. Volleyball was kind of like an off-season sport because soccer was my primary thing going into high school. Um, but I just kind of picked it up because uh, it was the season after soccer, so soccer season finished, and then I was kind of like, okay, like I don't want to go to PE for like the next two months. And so I had a, I had a, my brother's two years older than me. He was on the volleyball team, and so I was like, okay, you know, I'll just try volleyball. You know, just another thing to do, another sport to try. Um, obviously, being from Southern California, you know, you see it all over the place on you know, beaches and stuff like that. So, like, I'd never really played competitively before, but it was like a sport, you know, it's a way to be with 
normal kids and kind of like show that I, I could be in the same realm with them, you know, even though I have this uh, disability and this hindrance. And so, um, even until like, like it was never like sports was never a thing to get me into college. It was never, I mean, I'd always dreamed about being a professional soccer player just because I love playing soccer. I, did, I couldn't see my life without soccer. I couldn't see my life without sports. Um, and so, you know, it quickly became apparent uh, towards the end of my high school career that I had more potential in volleyball. You know, I kept growing. I kept, you know, I was one of the better players. I was the best player on my team, you know, in high school. Whereas soccer, you know, I was good. You know, I was on varsity. I was, you know, I was scoring a lot of goals, but like I wasn't like, you know, a standout player. And so, um, you know, I remember it wasn't until I was like, probably like the spring of my senior year in high school, I was talking to one of my club coaches and, you know, he brought me into his office after practice. I was like, hey, like, have you ever thought about playing in college? And, you know, I'd, I'd always planned on going to college um, and I'd always planned on doing it for academics. My parents were very, into that um but uh, i i always assumed that i was just gonna like walk on because like you know i wasn't a standout star and i picked it up so late and so so volleyball was um you know my you know just just i don't know it wasn't like a passion at that point it was just you know a, a sport you know it was something i enjoyed doing and so you know once i finally like i graduated high school and i hadn't really signed a letter of intent anywhere yet and so um, I was going to go to UC Santa Barbara, and I'd already gone up there and talked to the coach. And I would, like, we kind of agreed that I was going to go up on like a tryout basis and try to walk onto the team. You know, if it happened, great. If not, like I was going to go. I was already accepted to go as an engineering student, so I was already kind of cool. going that way. You know, as far as academics. And then um, after I graduated high school, I had a couple more tournaments with my club team in volleyball. And that's when I started to kind of really grow and really stand out a little bit more. And so I got approached by uh, Mark Dunkley from Pepperdine and John Sparrow from UC Irvine at the time. And, uh, and, you know, that's kind of the first point where anybody was like, hey, like, we actually want you to come to our university and play. And at that point, it was kind of like, okay, like, I'd like to keep playing. But it wasn't like I was, you know, thinking beyond college, you know, just kind of like, oh, it gets me into school, you know, it gets me something to do while I'm studying, you know. I've played sports and done school all my life so why don't I just keep doing it while I'm in college and again it was kind of the same same process in in college as it was in in university or in in, in high school where it was just kind of like doing both things just enjoying it every day and just assuming that it was going to end when my college career ended same thing like towards my senior year uh, toward the end of my senior year uh, John Sprock came up to me and at that point he was he had just been uh, he had just been hired as the assistant coach for the national team because they were based in Orange County where where I was going to college and he was like hey like you have you know potential to play professionally you know like I'm I'm in the gym with the best players in America right now and like I think you like I think you have potential to do that like you can do that if you want to so so this has been like for you just a day by day type deal yeah so so yeah. for you so for you when you're hearing, were you kind of born with, with a hearing impairment or how to, how was that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, I was born uh, with a hard of hearing. Um, I got diagnosed when I was about three years old. Um, and then, yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm at the, my hearing loss is basically at the point where it's, it's, it's good enough where I just wear behind the ear hearing devices. 
And so, like I just, it's basically just amp, like simple, really simplified version of it. It just amplifies the sound. So if you make everything louder, I can, I can hear for the most part. Um, my wife's giving me a look over there. She's like, no, you can't. But like, like in like a face-to-face conversation, like I rely very heavily on lip reading, which is why we're using video chat right now. Um, and then like I was saying before, in group situations when I can't like always follow who's talking because, you know, conversations back, back and forth, I, I struggle with that a lot. Um, the guys on the team who played with me for a long time, you know, they're like behind me or they're next to me or I'm not looking at them. Like I'm not, I'm very rarely going to pick up on the, like, the auditory cues. Um, so when you say you were a kid, you know, you said it kind of forced kind of had to help you feel normal. Right. And, and for me, like I kind of relate to that because I have like, I have like a stutter and a list, but for me, I kind of, I kind of always felt kind of insecure about that. Right. So for you, when it came to your hearing was, it was almost like sports, but just like your kind of your, your armor where you were kind of like it was almost like a, like an even playing field that exactly exactly yeah exactly yeah. the same way um like i said like i was saying before it's like it was a way for me to be normal you know it was a way to kind of you know yeah hide, hide that the fact that maybe i'm not on the same level playing field in other aspects of my life and you know it gave me the confidence to know that that's okay you know like i can still be myself and i could still be successful and i could still enjoy myself and i could still do the things that i love to do um even if you know i'm not what typical population would call normal and you're six seven man so that's like that helps people like the average population um you know i'm tall but when i go on a volleyball court like i'm facing guys that are six ten, you know, seven quarters. You know, the club team I was on this year in Poland, there were I was the shortest middle blocker on our team. We had two guys that were seven quarters and we had another guy that was six six nine or something like that. And I was the shortest guy, but I was always starting because you know I rely a lot on my quickness. So 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 when when it kinda came down to just realizing that you have an opportunity to kind of be an elite level or like what we consider elite level when it comes to the sport of volleyball, how did you, I guess, approach it as, as just the opportunity in itself? I mean, I think it's really, I approach it day by day, you know, like I, I never, you know, when I was first walked in the national team gym, it wasn't like, I'm an elite athlete. I deserve to be here. It was like, well, these, are, these guys are Olympians. I'm playing with like the best players in America. Um, and I knew that the way for me to kind of be at their level was just to work day in, day out, you know. And I, I didn't know my first day in the national team gym that I'd still be here 11 years later. But I think putting in that work day in, day out allowed me to kind of really keep my focus on, like, achieving small goals and achieving small steps and getting better by small percentages every day rather than trying to, like, look at that insurmountable task of, you know, becoming an elite player, becoming the best, becoming an Olympian, you know, just be the best I can be today, you know, continue to find facets of my game that I can improve and get better at and, you know, just enjoy the process. And when it came to, like, that process and just the overall of just keep getting your confidence going, what what helped you? Because, you know, like, it could even been, like, you know, I have a hard hearing problem and like I, I'm just going to kind of just go in the corner and just, you know, not do anything. So, so for anyone listening right now that maybe has their own kind of impairment, what would be like, be like your advice just to say, you know, you can do it or just like you can achieve 
whatever it may be. Yeah, I think it's, it's, for me, it came down to understanding what matters to me, understanding what I'm passionate about, and understanding that I have control over a lot of aspects of my life. There, there are some, there are many that maybe I don't have control over, but there are also a lot of aspects of my life that I do have control over, and those are the areas that I need to focus on. Obviously, it doesn't mean every day is going to be perfect. There's been many times where my confidence has wavered, my, um, yeah, my confidence, my doubt, and there's, there's been moments where it's like I feel like my hearing has messed it up, not only for myself but for my team, and you know. I think those moments of doubt, it's like you have to remember those are lies, you know, like that's not truth. You want to, cause I'm very hard on myself. I'm very, I can be very pessimistic when I play. Um, the coaches, the coaching staff and the national team knows me really well now. Um, and so, you know, I'm a very analytical guy. So I'm always like, I'm very slow to kind of praise myself. I'm very quick to be like, okay, I did this wrong. I did this wrong. Like I'll score a point. I'll make an amazing play, but I'll be, oh wait, I was late. I was on the wrong route, you know, whatever. But, I think the the key thing for me was just um, understanding what I can control, and I think the um, I guess when you really look back at it, you understand that like people, I think for the most part are very curious, and I think sometimes we take that curiosity as like looking down at you, and so I know I mean there are obviously people out there that are going to bring you down just because you're different. Mm-hmm my career and even like going overseas a lot and not being able to share a, like a, a first language with someone but still being still being asked like oh like what are those things behind your ears also you can't hear like you know let me hear about that story let me like because most people don't play with people that are hard of hearing at this level you know like there's i really don't know of any you know professional hard of hearing you know deaf athlete in the volleyball in the men's volleyball game and so a lot of people, you know, they, they come because they know it, it's different and it's not normal. So they, their first instinct is to be like, well, like something's wrong here. But when they see that, you know, I'm going to put everything I have out there every single day, they're like, okay, like we can work with this guy. And like, and then we can learn about him and then we can learn, you know, more about, you know, obviously I can't say I represent all of the deaf community, but at the same time, like, I know a lot of people share the same story as I do, you know, and one of the cool things about traveling overseas all the time is that, you know, I think a lot of people have heard my story now. And so like a lot of games, especially in Poland now, I've been there for three years, like parents will come out with their kids and like their kids will have like, you know, either cochlear implants or you know, hearing aids and like, you know, they, they want to show like their kid that it's, it's possible. Yeah. So. Cause I think it just, it's, it's cool because you're kind of showing people that it's possible on the grandest of stage, you know, it like you're showing people that, that if you believe in yourself, you know, and if you have the confidence to kind of say, I'm going to be in my lane and I'm going to do the best person of my, of myself, it's all possible. Right. Like you weren't yeah. trying to be someone else. You were like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be David Smith and we're going to run with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of things are achievable when you, you put your mind to it, you know, like you said before, you know, I've, I didn't work hard to be six, seven, you know, <laughs> that was just kind of like a natural thing that came to me. So, I mean, there's definitely a balance between the things that you were innately gifted with, the things that you were born with, the things that you can't control. 
but I could also very well be, you know, a six, seven engineer. You know, I could be, you know, there's a lot of different things in my life that I have passions about, that I care about, that I that are very well, very much in my control. Um, and so I think, you know, I think having a volleyball athlete, maybe not everybody's going to look up to me and be like, okay, like there's a deaf volleyball athlete, like my deaf son or my deaf daughter can be a deaf volleyball athlete as well, but they can see that there's a success, person who's successful in what he does and a person who's successful in what he loves to do. And so there's, there's hope and there's, um, yeah, there's, there's hope for those people, you know, um, and I'm not saying like, yeah, I'm the best guy in the world. I always get embarrassed when people come up to me with their kids and like, oh, I want them to be like you. And I'm like, well, I don't think I'm that great. You know, I just love <laughs> what I do and I just work hard and, you know, a lot of, a lot of things fell my way, you know, along my journey, but I do believe I put myself in that position, you know, I think, um, what's the quote, like, uh, like luck is when opportunity meets preparation. And I think that's a big part of it. You know, I think there was a lot of things I don't have control over that happened in my favor, but I was in a position and I was, I put myself in the position to take advantage of that because of my preparation, because of, you know, the effort that I put in, the passion that I, that I brought. So, so with, with that, you know, it, the, the, the opportunities came, and so, so how was that first year overseas? First year overseas? Um, shoot, my first year overseas, I was in a city called Rottenburg in Germany. Um, and yeah, it was an eye-opening experience. The first time I lived overseas, um, my wife and I had just got married the summer previous. So it was like a lot of things um, kind of happening at once, you know, figuring out, you know, how to be a be a husband, figuring out how to be a professional athlete. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was a great first year. I mean, the club did a good job taking care of us, but I think at the same time, like, I, I, I began to understand a lot of things about living overseas that I really hadn't thought about before. But I think at the end of the day, you know, like, I was playing volleyball to make a living. You know, and so I really couldn't complain, and I, I enjoyed what I did, and, you know, it was an opportunity for me to get better. Um, at that point, I really wasn't, I didn't think I was on the point. I was on the radar of the national team. I found out towards the end of that season that I had been, um, I had been placed on the long list for a uh, World League team, which is basically an annual tournament that the national team plays every year. It's BNL now. It used to be World League. But I was just on the long list for that, and so I was like, oh, cool, like, Somebody, somebody noticed me yeah. on the national team, and I didn't think anything would come of it. But they called me; they asked me to kind of come back and hire and train with the team. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of kind of carried on from there. From there, so so for you, how how vital has like your wife been on their journey for you? You know, like since you, she was kind of there when you kind of went pro. So how has it been with her? You know, kind of having her along the journey with you, just the overseas and the national team. What's that been like? Mm-hmm. Well, um, well, my wife and I, we actually met at, at UC Irvine, and she's actually a track and field, a cross-country track and field cool. distance athlete. And so, I mean, she, like, uh, <laughs> we joke about it all the time, like, she probably trains more seriously than I do, because she still runs, and she's running marathons now. She just ran 5K the past week, uh, super fast. And she, she, we have two kids now, too, so it's like the fact that she's been able to you know, have our kids and then kind of come back from that and still, still, you know, light up the, the track. It's just amazing to me. So, um, and she's been a huge part of my, 
professional career. Absolutely, just having having another person alongside you who has that athletic mindset. Because um, she's just very much the same way as I am. Like she's very analytical in the way that she runs. She she's very competitive. She trains hard, and she knows the the mentality behind running. It's, it's sometimes it it is more important than the physical effort that you have to put it back. And so I know there's a lot of times when you know throughout the career, like it's never just a step up, step up, step up, like a linear line from like point A to point B. It just peaks and valleys all the way through. So she's been with me in my high points, but she's also been with me in some of those low points where she kind of, you know, just talk with me, help me get through those moments and kind of believe in myself again and get back to the basics and the fundamentals. Um, but yeah, she's been, she's been a huge part of my, my professional career. And she's running 5K, that's, that's no joke. I was she runs 5K, that, that's no joke. No, no, I mean, that's, I was, that's, that's short for her. Like, she uh, prefers doing, like, half marathons, marathons. I mean, she's run marathons in, in Poland and France, like, half marathons in Poland and France. You run in Germany, too, um, and Spain. So she's run, she's going to, she's getting ready for the marathon in San Francisco in a couple months. So, yeah, man, like, like, Cops Mother's Day, like it was Mother's Day this past weekend. And like, we woke up in the morning, took care of our kids and she's like, okay, I'm out for an 18 mile run. And I'm like, I'll see you in a couple hours. <laughs> Props to her. her Mother's Day morning and she loves running. So all the short sprinters, so for me, laps and anything over a mile is like deadly. So props yeah. to her. <laughs> She doesn't get to run on the track too much because, you know, when we're overseas, it's usually snowing a lot in Poland, and we're usually over there in the winter. So she's super excited when we get back home. She also coaches for a local university, a small, uh, small Christian university here in Orange County. And so when she gets back, she just loves being with her athletes. And her athletes kind of regret, not regret, but they don't always look forward to her coming back because uh, the head coach will let them run with the girls. And she just... <laughs> She pushes the pace and makes those girls run hard. <laughs> That's awesome. If you wrote a book about your journey, what would you call it? A book, the title. Um, oh, man, I don't know. People have been telling me to write a book recently. I have no idea. It's not done yet. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I like that. That's cool. It's not, it's not done yet. So, but just for you, like, just everything so far, just been, like, taking it day by day, right? So, mm-hmm. as, you know the game progresses as life progresses, where, where, where do you hope to see things go? I mean, I think it's kind of weird because I think I'm at the point in my career right now where it's like, like I've always had like short-term goals, long-term goals. And I think for the first time ever, like my short long-term goals are kind of colliding or they're kind of like synchronizing with each other. Ooh. You know, I think like my – my big goal right now is to just make the 2020 team in Tokyo for the Olympics, make my third Olympic team. Um, and that's, that's like a year and a couple months away. I mean, like before it was like, you know, I want to make the Rio team. That was like a four-year process, you know, like last quad was a grind. And even the beginning of this quad, I was like, I need to, I need to make that. I want to make that Tokyo team. And it was a four-year process, you know. But now, like, we're getting to the Olympic qualification tournament this summer, you know, and it's like, I mean, it's now, I mean, and, uh, and I could, I could very well be done, you know, after that, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting, uh, it's 
interesting topic for me to think about because you know day by day it could be over very quickly you know and then you know i have to start thinking about the long term and my family and what we're going to do you know post volleyball career um you know they've been great with me you know my wife's been every everywhere with me like every single year i've gone overseas she's been with me um my son is turning seven in a week so he's been he's been with us for the last seven years and He's getting to school age now, so he's, we're kind of pulling him out of school, taking him overseas, trying to find a school for him. He's learning more languages than we are because the cities that we often play in aren't like big cities, you know, they're like small cities, so they don't, they don't have international schools. And so I think that's, that's been kind of the, the kind of the signal for me that it might be kind of coming to an end because I feel great, like my body's still going. I still love playing the game, but um, I think the family, like, is ready for it to be, to be over. And it might not be, you know, but I think, you know, for me, like, looking day by day is, is that much more important because it's so easy to trip and be like, it could be over, you know, in a year. But at the same time, like, I want to, I want to continue that mindset of, of finding those small ways to get better, finding those small ways to, to give back to my teammates and to make them better. Because I think in the end, like, that, that's, that's what I want my story to be, you know. Like, I, I was there every day. I put everything I had into it. I made my teammates better. And, um, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to leave anything, you know, on the, on the court and, you know, have, me, have those regrets when I'm done. Definitely. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way, though. It's like, I don't think it'll, it will end for you. It'll just be a new chapter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not the end of the story, but it's definitely the end of a chapter. Yeah. Um, but like having played volleyball professionally my entire adult life, you know, it, it seems like the end. You know? yeah, okay, gotcha. <laughs> like, you know, I studied hard and, you know, I got a degree in civil engineering. I got a, uh, an apprentice license in the state of California, but I mean, that was in 2008 and that was 11 years ago. You know, I don't remember that stuff anymore. And so, you know, uh, I've been fortunate to kind of to get a, on an online master's program with DeBry. I've been kind of doing online classes the last couple of years. Just kind of hoping that'll help my transition, you know, to the non-volleyball world once I'm done. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, day by it'll day. be exciting. I'm looking forward to it, but it's just going to be very different, you know, because I, I don't know, I don't know life outside of volleyball, you know, playing professionally, like I said, you know. That was what I looked forward to when I was a kid, you know, just, you know, being able to play sports all the time. And obviously I'll still play sports. Like sports will be part of my life forever, but it won't be, it won't be the same, you know, like it won't be, I don't know. There's just this, uh, this competitive vibe when, you know, it's for something, you know, like sometimes, you know, you, you want to play competitive games when it's not really competitive, like with my kids or, you know, with friends and it's like, and it's always marathon. Because I don't want to go I don't want to go crazy like I do on the court. It's always marathon with your wife. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we've we've had a couple arguments over card games and board games, so we try to <laughs> we try to keep that to a minimum, but we do a pretty good job. Awesome, man. Well, David, it's been great talking with you, just kinda of learning about your story. Um so like right now, are you guys on social media or anything, website we can kinda of mention right now? So we can um, kinda of follow you and learn about your story? media i got instagram twitter uh facebook but yeah i'm just yeah not really yeah pushing my story too much i guess i probably should everybody keeps asking me but um yeah 
yeah, just David M. Smith 15 on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Kind of follow me over the next couple of years. I kind of make the process. We got the, we got a busy summer this year. We got a big road trip coming up in a couple of weeks, and then we got the Olympic qualifier, and then uh, a huge World Cup tournament towards the end of the summer. And then I got one more seat I signed next year in Poland for one more year, different team. So it'll be my fourth year in Poland, fourth team, and then yeah, come back and it's the Olympic year, so. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be fast, but it'll be fun. I like it. David, it's been great talking with you. Enjoy the rest of your, your night and day, and talk to you soon. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With a Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.